Welcome to Passion Life Church. We're in this series that we are continuing called The Promise, and I've entitled today The Power of the Blessing. I want to ask you a question today. Have you ever found out that you were left maybe some money or an inheritance by maybe a family member? Um, uh, you know, I never have. I never got that, that awesome opportunity. But one day I was driving and I heard a radio commercial, and the commercial said, you know, they had that great announcer voice, and the commercial just basically said that uh, there's millions of dollars in unclaimed inheritance money, and it could be yours. I don't know if you've ever heard something like that. So you need to call this number. And so I'm like, you know, I'm driving and trying to, you know, put the number in my notes on my phone. And I'm like, I'm calling that number. Somebody I know somewhere left me some money, you know, left me something. And so I called the company and they said, what's your name? And I said, and I told him my name and all right. And then what's your birthday? So I told him my birthday and they did like this scan and they're saying, I'm sorry, sir. Nobody left you anything. <laughs> But if you pay a $30 fee, we can do an extensive search. I said, no, I called to get money, not to give money. Come on, somebody. Right? <laughs> no, 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 no. But you know, the truth is, is when you are left some type of inheritance, you have to sit through what they call a reading of the will. You have to sit through the reading of the will. And so, you know, let me, maybe you, like me, you never had a family member include you in anything. Yet, here's the reality. You and I have a spiritual lineage. We have a spiritual lineage and you have an inheritance that was left for you. And here's what today is. Today is a reading of the will. Today, what we are doing, there's an Old Testament and New Testament. That's will. Right? The Old Testament, New Testament, will and testament. And so today what we are doing is we are reading the will of your spiritual inheritance. So maybe nobody gave you anything, but I'll tell you what, God gave you something. Can I hear a good amen today? And we have, we have understood that we are the seed of Abraham. Galatians chapter 3 verse 29, it says, and if you are Christ, how many of you here have received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And then it says, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. And watch this word. You are heirs according to the promise. What is the promise? We've established that the promise is Genesis chapter 12, verse 2, where God told Abraham, listen, this is God telling Abraham, not Abraham pleading with God, not Abraham pleading, God, please. This is God saying to Abraham, I'm going to make you a great nation. And watch this. I'm going to bless you and you are going to be a blessing. And so today, as we look into the will and we have a, a will, a reading of the will, we need to come and receive. This is God's will to his children. How many of God's children do we have today? We have been looking at Abraham. Why Abraham, Pastor Phil? Well, because Abraham lived in a wicked time. Abraham lived in a time of famine. And yet, even though he lived in those times, he still thrived. Why? Because he had a promise and he had a blessing on his life. And here's the great news, my church family. The same blessing that is on Abraham's life is available to you and to me today. Watch this. We did not get a watered down version of the promise. Can I hear a good amen today? You have the same promise that Abraham had. Let me go deeper. You have the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had. You didn't get a mini me, Holy Spirit. You have the same Holy Spirit. You have the same 
promise. And so what I want to do today is I want to talk about this blessing because God told Abraham, I will bless you and make you a great nation and you will be a blessing. So I want to talk about the power of the blessing. You know, I could today define blessing in a couple different ways, but I think if I give you some characteristics of what happens under a life that is lived with the blessing on it, you will understand. And so what I do is I'm very methodical in my thoughts. I think in categories. So here's what I did. I broke this down to six P's, the power of the blessing. Here's six P's for the power of the blessing. Here's the first one. We need to understand the power of the blessing. We need to understand, number one, you need to understand the purpose of the blessing. The purpose of the blessing. Whatever you misuse in your life will be abused. When you don't understand the purpose of something, it will be misused. Now, as we dive into this, I just wanna, I want to let you know, I understand as a pastor, a lot of people have misused the word blessing. A lot of people have misused the word prosperity. I know even pastors have misused it. But can I just tell you, we need to understand for us the purpose of it. Can I hear a good amen today? But let me just tell you, just because it's been misused, doesn't mean it's not in the word of God. And it doesn't mean that we're not going to go there and talk about it. I'm not ashamed to talk about what's in the Bible. I'm not ashamed to do it. You know, people misuse their cars every day. Every day there's accidents. But how many of you today drove a car to come here, right? Right? Just because other people have misused it, that doesn't mean that, that, that you, you need to misuse it. But if you understand the purpose of it, right, then you can walk in it. And I want to show you the purpose of the blessing. I want to show you the purpose of why God wants you to prosper. And I think that Psalms 35, 27 says it best. It's because God wants to be magnified in your life. Listen to this. It says this, let the Lord be magnified. Let the Lord be magnified who delights and takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. How many of you know you're not just a servant, you're a son though, right? But God actually delights in the prosperity of his sons. That's what a good father does. A good father wants his kid to succeed. Actually, my church family, I want my son to do better than I ever did. Watch this. I want my son not to struggle the way that I struggled. I don't want my son to have to have the struggles financially that I did when we grew up and my, my, my parents went through a divorce and we were almost on food stamps and life was tough. Man, I don't want my son to walk in that. I want him to walk in such blessing that he knows the favor of God. Can I hear a good amen today? And you want that for your kids as well. But you know what the Bible says? You being evil, give good gifts to your kids. How much more does God up in heaven want to give his kids great things? And me as a natural father with that desire, it's the same desire that God has for you. Because listen, look at me. You, young lady, are a daughter of God. You, young man, are a child of God. And God, just like a natural father, wants his kids to succeed. God wants you to succeed succeed. What kind of father would not want his, his son to prosper? Can I hear a good amen today? But I want you to understand the purpose because see God's purpose in blessing his people was always greater than just enriching a nature, a, a nation for its own sake. See, the purpose was God intended to glorify himself through the blessing. I want to say that again. God intended to glorify himself through the blessing. I don't know if I should ask you this, but do, do kids really represent their parents? I think to a certain age, right? 
your kids get to 18, 19, they, you know, they're going to have their, you train them, you do their best. But I think when the world looks at God's children, what do they see? And the intention and the purpose was that when the children of the world look at you, it represents and magnifies the glory of God. Hmm. But see, that's, that's the purpose. And when you look throughout the Bible and, and you see the blessing on a person's life, my church family, Abraham had influence. Abraham was very rich. Do you know that Abraham had his own army of over 300 men? He was a bad mamma jamma, this guy. I know sometimes when we think about Abraham, we think about this old guy, like, you know, with a rod. Man, he would kick your butt. And he had an army behind it. And they're all like, Abraham, we got your back. 300, over 300 trained men. I mean, when he went into battle, he won. Not only because he had an army, but he had God on his side, right? Because he was, but, but he was very rich. And you know what? A lot of the people in the Old Testament you look at, man, they had incredible, even in the New Testament, had incredible influence in their life. And listen, no matter what they went through, they thrived. And it wasn't because they didn't experience challenges. It wasn't because, right, right? Uh, they, they, they didn't need breakthrough. No, they always broke through. Can I hear a good amen today? And see, when you understand that you are blessed, you realize, hey, I don't need breakthrough. I carry breakthrough. Right? I carry breakthrough. I'm going to tell you something as a pastor. I love you. I will always pray for you. But you know what? I've been doing this for 30 years where some of the same people are still praying for the same thing. And they're asking me to pray for the same thing. Oh, Lord. Oh, God. I need breakthrough. Listen, you carry breakthrough. You carry breakthrough. And you need to see yourself as that. Right. And so now there's a lot of things I don't ask for prayer anymore. I just pray to God and I just say, Lord, I thank you for this. Because, listen, the blessing always breaks through. The blessing. Yeah, you can give the Lord a good round of applause. The blessing always breaks through. And what I'm trying to do in this series, I don't know if I'm doing a good job, but I'm trying to make you see who you are through the eyes of your father. Because a society now is trying to define us. And they are speaking things over us, right? We are headed back into a recession. We are this, we are that. I am not a child of a recession. I am a child of a blessed king. Can I hear a good amen today? And where there is blessing, there is breakthrough. There's breakthrough. And I've just, I've just come to a place in my life that I'm going to irritate the devil because I'm tired of him irritating me. And every time I hear that word recession, I just say, I'm blessed. I'm the devil. Come on, somebody. I am, am blessed. We have to understand the purpose is when everything else is receding and there's recession and you're blessed. Guess who gets magnified? It's not just you. Oh, God loves to see you thrive and overcome. But it's an opportunity for God to glorify himself through you. So here's number two. The power of the blessing also gives us a new position. If you have your Bible, turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 28. I'm going to spend the rest of our time there. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. This is so good. It says this, and it shall come to pass if, everybody say if, if thou shalt hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God and observe to do all of his commandments, which I command thee this day, and the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all the nations of the world. When you gave your life to Jesus, he made you a new creation. 
Now, if I was to announce today that in this next month, we are going to have a conference talking about breaking generational curses, right? Thousands of people would sign up because so many people still think that they're under a generational curse, (laughs) If I talked about, hey, we're going to have a conference and we're going to talk about the blessings of God. Ah, I don't know. I like the whole breaking the, you know, uh, the generational curses. The truth is you're not under a generational curse. You are under a generational blessing. It does not matter. Watch. It does not matter who your family was, what they did. The Bible says when you are in Christ, you are a new creation. Watch. Not some things have become new. All things have become new. So every curse has been broken off your life. And this is what the Bible says. Are you ready? It says that God, under the blessing, here's what he does. He sets you on high. He sets you on high. I like to look up words in the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. And this word in high means, right? It doesn't mean, it means, (laughs) just need to clarify again. Sorry about that. But um, we don't know who's watching. But It says this, the word high means to go up in Hebrew, to go up, watch, to excel, to rise, to rise. Well, there's a recession. I know, but I'm rising because God sets me on high. Now, I want to say this again. I want to come back to this. This isn't God's people begging God, please set me on high. This is God says, this is what my blessing will do for you. I want to bless you. It'll set you on high. It'll cause you to rise. Listen, it'll cause you to be superior, to go over. Now, he says in here, he says, God will set you on high above the nations of the earth. What does that mean? Does that mean that God doesn't love everybody? God loves everybody. Does that mean that God doesn't want to bless everybody? No, God wants to bless everybody. But you know as well as I do that there are people who would rather do things in their own effort and their own strength and do not believe in God, and they play the part of God in their own life. And the Bible says when you believe, when we talked about in part one, you activate this through faith, not through works, right? What happens, it just sets you on high. And you're always going to be set on high because there's going to be a favor on your life. And here's the cool thing, my church family. My church family, everybody can believe. Everybody can be blessed. Can I hear a good amen today? All you have to do is believe. You know, I used to travel a lot as a a youth minister. I was been in the ministry now probably almost 30 years. And 11, probably 20 of those years, 21 of those years was a youth ministry. My last youth ministry was uh, that when I was youth pastor was in our old church, our previous church where I grew up. I went to children's church there. I never thought I'd be on staff there, but I was on staff there and became the youth pastor. And uh, our youth ministry in 11 years grew from 100 to 750 kids on a weekly basis. So I was very accustomed to doing three services on Sunday, one service on Wednesday, a chapel for the Christian kids on on Monday, and uh, then I traveled. And so my life was very, very... Uh, busy doing God's work. And I remember going to uh, the airport because I was supposed to speak at a youth conference. And when I got to the airport, even though I was early, the line for security was so long. I was like, I'm going to miss my flight. I was texting them. I was like, I know I'm supposed to speak tonight at seven. I said, but I, I hope I make my, my flight. And I'm just standing there. And all of a sudden, the woman from TSA, is that, the, is that what it's called, TSA? You know, she came over and, and she said, Pastor Phil, I said, yes. I said, oh, man, I'm in trouble. Because I didn't, I didn't. She says, hey, come with me. I said, oh, oh, I don't know what's going on. 
And she said, hey, I'm just going to walk you over here to the front. She said, because my kid goes to your youth ministry and he's been so blessed and our family's been so blessed. So I just thought I would bless you and bring you to the front of the line. I thought, wow, thank you, Jesus. But I'm just going to keep looking like I'm in trouble. So nobody thinks that I'm I'm just, you know, I don't want to be like, I'm blessed, brother. No, I didn't want to do that. I was like, yeah, you know, I'm just being humble. Like, I don't really know what's going on. Ooh, thank you, Jesus, right? But God will put favor on your life, and he'll bring you, and he'll, he'll set you on high. But let me just tell you that. Let me tell you, this, this word high means superior. My church family, I'm telling you, this word needs to get inside of us. You, because of the blessing, are superior to your circumstances. Your circumstances should not be superior to you. My church family, Abraham, thrived through a time of famine. He thrived through a time of famine. When you look in the Old Testament, not even the lions could take Daniel's life because when you're blessed, God will shut the lions in your life. There wasn't a flame that was hot enough for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, even though they turned it up seven times when they stood in the, in the, in the, in the flame, even though because they were blessed, the Bible says that Jesus showed up and they said, there, there, didn't we put three of them in the fire? And one says, yeah, one looks like he has a face of like the son of the living God. And they turned around nations. Why? Because God had set them on high. And I'm telling you, it's the same blessing that is in your life. I love this because even in the New Testament, Ephesians chapter two, verse six, it says, and he raised us up, raised us up, raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places. You and I, Jesus God raised us on high. You know, Paul says this, and we need to hear this today. Paul says, we are a citizen of heaven. See, I think sometimes we we, we live in this, this life. We can start thinking small thoughts, thoughts that are low. My church family, no one who follows after God ever stays low because God is the one who sets you on high. Do you remember when the disciples came and they said, Jesus, teach us how to pray? Because they saw Jesus' life. They saw the miracles. And they, they knew. They, they were like, okay. Notice they didn't say, Jesus, teach me how to do miracles. They actually said, Jesus, teach me how to pray. Because they knew the secret sauce was, man, if I'm going to live like Jesus, I need to pray like Jesus. Teach us how to pray. And this is what Jesus said. Our Father, our Father, Father's Day. Jesus didn't say you pray to my Father. He could have. But what Jesus said is, my Father is your Father. And listen who art in heaven. I pray this a lot. It's interesting that we have a present God who is with us and never leaves us, but there's so many scriptures that remind us about heaven. Why? Heaven is on high. When we pray, and I pray it often, our Father, which are in heaven, I don't do it as a religious thing. I do it because there's so much power in this prayer. But when you say our Father, which are in heaven, what does it do? It takes your mind off of the things of earth. You are seated in high places. But see, what we don't understand, my church family, and we need to realize, and if you're taking notes, write this down. Position determines perspective. I'll say this again. Position determines perspective. Have you ever flown in an airplane? 
Have you ever gone up and as soon as you start going up, you start looking around? I love sitting by the window. And the, far, the, far, the higher you go up, everything else starts to look so small. And when you look out the window and you're 32,000 feet above, right, those buildings and those houses look so small. Now, did somebody come in there real quick and put little buildings there while you were up there? No, the size of the houses, the size of the buildings didn't change. What changed? Your position changed. And your position determined perspective, right? None of that changed. What changed? Now you're seated at a higher level. So when you look down, those things don't look the same. If I'm walking down downtown San Diego, the buildings look huge, just like maybe for some of you, problems, circumstances look huge. But that's because you're looking from the wrong position and that is affecting your perspective. But when you realize, oh, come on, that God sets you on high and your position is higher, it affects your perspective. Can I hear a good amen today? Oh, I'm not finished. Because guess what the curse means? See, the Bible says that God sets you on high. And it's interesting because the Bible is so rich. I looked up the word curse in the Hebrew. God sets you on high. You know what the definition of the curse is? Watch this. The definition of the curse means to come down from a higher place. To come down from a higher place. A downward motion. Have you ever heard somebody say, oh man, I'm, 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 just, I'm just hitting a downward spiral? See, here's the challenge with some of us. We don't walk in the blessing because we align our thinking with the curse. You cannot think in line with the curse and expect to live a blessed life. You know how many Christians I meet? Pastor Phil, I have low self-esteem. How can you have low self-esteem when God sets you on high? You know why? Because you are where your mind is at. The Bible says, as a person thinketh in their heart, so is thee. Why do you have low self-esteem when God says he sets you on high? Because your mind goes there. And so you are thinking low. You are thinking in line with the curse. And then you wonder why, well, this thing don't work. No, it works. It works. But this is what the Bible says. The Bible says this, if, 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 Deuteronomy 28 one and two, he says, if, if you will hearken and observe, then you will do. What is, what is hearkening? Listening. Who are you listening to? Who told you that you were low? Who told you that you couldn't do it? Remember when God came walking into the, the garden? He asked Adam, who told you you were naked? I didn't tell you that. Who told you that? Who told you? Is it your ex-husband? Is it your ex-boyfriend? Maybe it was a father who wasn't a good example. And you allowed, watch, you listened to it and it got in your thinking. So now you're living low. Living low isn't come from the blessing. Come on, somebody. And so what we do is we'll go, man, I, yeah, that's good stuff, Pastor. That just don't work for me. It will. But listen, you got to start hearing the voice of your heavenly father. you got to start hearing the voice word of God. And then he says to observe, what are you looking at? What are you looking at? 
right? Because what you hear and what you look at determines what you do. This is why you have to get in alignment in your thinking with the word of God. That's why whenever I hear recession, I say, I'm blessed because I heard recession, but I need to speak something else that I need to hear. I need to speak what God's saying, not and listen to what they're doing because I am going to observe to do what I hear and what I am observing. That's what I'm going to do. And listen, there's a lot of Christians that aren't walking around like they're blessed. And it's because they are where their mind is at. Today, you can be listening to what I'm saying and you're thinking about, man, you know what? There's going to be a lot of traffic when I get on, on the 15. I'm going to go visit my dad. And, you know, and so right now you're sitting here, but your mind is on the 15. This works. But God has given us the ability to make a choice. If there's a lot of conditions in the Bible. And so for me, I've had to start aligning my thinking with I am blessed. I am a child of the the most high God. I don't suffer from low self-esteem because that is the curse coming in, trying to bring you from a higher place to a lower place. But you know what? God wants to set you on high. Come on. If you believe that, give him a good round of applause. God will set you on high. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about the curse. I'm not going to go into it a lot. But I think some people are fascinated with it. Like I said, if I were to do a conference on generational curses, people are like, yeah, man, I I know I got one. No, you just have a bad attitude. You just need to change it. We can't, we got to stop blaming the devil for everything. I'm always late. That's a generational curse. No, no, that's a, that's a time problem. Come on. That's, it's not the devil. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody, right? I said, everything's the devil's fault. I'm a generational curse. You know, I, I, I just don't like to work. No, 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 no. That, that's, not, that's, not, that's, not, that's not a generational curse. But everything that God does is in abundance. When you look at Deuteronomy 28.2, it says this. We've been talking about the blessing, and I, love, I get real excited. But then I read this in Deuteronomy chapter 2, and it says this. That actually the blessing is supposed to overtake you. It's not just a little, here's a little blessing, bless you, you sneezed. The Bible says that the blessing comes to overtake you. My church family, that's not vague. That's overwhelmingly overtaken. That's visible. People, people will recognize it. Why are you saying this, Pastor Phil? Because we need to understand that. But we also need to understand that when you start reading down in Deuteronomy 28 and it talks about the curse, listen, it's everything opposite that the blessing is. It's living low. And then, can I tell you, here's the objective. Here's the goal. The blessing, the goal is to overtake you. You know what the curse's objective is? To overtake you. The, the curse doesn't come to your life to play. The curse doesn't come to your life to knock on the door. You know what it does? It comes to overtake your life. To kill, steal, and destroy. That's why Jesus said, I have come that you might have. He didn't just say life. He said life more abundantly. In the Greek, that is the Zoe type of life. You know what that is? God said, I came to give you the very life that I enjoy. But the devil, you know what he's going to do? He's going to try to steal, kill, and destroy. And you get to choose where you're going to live. You're going to get to choose. So I asked myself. What about this curse? That seems strong. But that's why Galatians chapter 3 verse 13 says this. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. 
of the law. Actually, he loved you so much. He didn't just say, God so loved the world, he blew it a kiss. It says, God so loved the world, he gave himself. And this is what he did, my church family. He actually became a curse for you. His, he, he became. See, on the cross, he didn't just take our sin. On the cross, the Bible says he became sin. He became a curse. Why? So you could walk in the blessing. And I asked myself, why would anybody want to live a cursed life when Jesus took it away from you? Come on, is this good? So you are in a new position. Your spiritual heritage, come on, I'm reading the will. Are you receiving it today? It's the will of God that you be blessed, that you be set on high, that you be highly favored. Here's number three, the power of the blessing. It's not limited to a place. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse three. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the field. Deuteronomy 28, six. Blessed are you when you go out. Blessed are when you come in. You know what? Our location doesn't limit the blessing. Oh, Pastor Phil, you don't know me and my family. We are planning the day that we are going to move from Marietta to San Diego because that's where the blessing's at. Oh, really? I love San Diego, love L.A., but the blessing's where you're at. You know what people do? I've talked to people. Oh, you know, we're, we have already had the plan. You know, we have the five-year plan. That's our goal. Moving, And there's nothing wrong with moving to San Diego. I hope that that's God's will for your life. But can I tell you, you can so look in the future that you forget that you are blessed right here, right now. And I'll tell you what, the blessing that's on your life, this community needs. And so I'm not just going to sit around and wait three years because I feel like the favor is over there. No, the favor is on you. You are blessed on your going in and you're coming out. When you show up at work, you are blessed. When you go home, you're a a stay-at-home mom. The blessing is there. Can I hear a good amen today? Don't limit God by looking at some location. If you're here for a year, be blessed here. If you're going to move on, that's fine. But just know wherever you go, the blessing follows you, whether you're and you're the city, and whether you're in the field. Do you remember when the children of Israel came out of Egypt? They went into the desert, and guess what? There was a cloud over their head. They were blessed. They didn't even have the sun shining on their head. At night, they had a pillar of fire. They were blessed. The pillar of fire, you know what? Kept them warm. Listen, my church family, when they were walking and they were hungry, guess what? Manna fell from heaven. Quail fell from heaven because God fed them. Why? Because we are blessed. Whether you're in the desert, whether you're in the city, you carry the blessing of God. Come on, if you believe that, give him a good round of applause. I'm telling you, we need this message today. There's a lot going on in our society, but you're blessed. Come on, say it with me. Say, I'm blessed. Come on, make the devil mad. Say, I'm blessed. Come on, irritate him just a little bit more. Say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Here's number four. The power of the blessing brings provision. It brings provision. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 8. The Lord shall command his blessing upon your storehouses, your bank accounts. I added that in there. That's the message translation. Your storehouses. Watch this. And everything that you set your hand to do in the land which the Lord God has given you. Yeah, the Lord had a location for them. They were headed there, but they were blessed. And the Bible says this. Here's what happens under the blessing. Everything you set your hand to do will prosper. 
Deuteronomy 30 verse 9 says this, and the Lord God will make you abundantly prosperous in all the work of your hand. I think there's nothing more unfulfilling than meaningless work. Than meaningless work. So under the curse, watch this. Under the curse, everything under the curse is opposite. You set your hand to do it, and it diminishes. It's one of the definitions of the curse. It actually means to diminish. So you work hard, but you never move forward under the curse. See, you're blessed. But if you go into work with this idea, oh, Pastor Phil, everything I do, you know, it just never works. It never, that's not thinking in line with the blessing. You need to walk into work and say, everything I set my hand to do today will prosper in the name of Jesus because I am blessed. And you know what I have found under the blessing? You actually do less. You set your hand to do and God does more than what you can with your own hands. But under the curse, you're working hard and everything is is diminished. You're not moving forward. Everything you set your hand to do, nothing's happening and there's frustration. There's a lot of people today, right? But under the blessing, we set our hands to do and guess what? God prospers it. And let me just say again, this prospering isn't just for you. It's so you can help prosper other people. See, Abraham lived this way. I am blessed. We talked about this, to be a blessing. And I truly believe that the blessing on your life will go to the level of you being a blessing. Some people have experienced great blessing. And they're like, man, this isn't flowing in my life. Well, it is meant to flow like a river that you are blessed and you are a blessing. I have determined in my lifetime, I want to be a blessing to my generation. Will this world be a better place because you were here? Will Marietta be a better place even though you lived here two years, three years? Will this be a better place because you were here and you were blessed? We have to be committed to being a blessing. Here's number five. The power of the blessing is the ability to produce. Deuteronomy 28.4. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body and the fruit of thy ground and the fruit of thy cattle and the increase of thy kind and the flocks of thy sheep. This word fruit in the Hebrew means your offspring. Actually means your children. Let me say this. It means the ability to have children. Now, I don't know why, but the last two weeks I've been praying for somebody, I don't know who it is, who is struggling to have kids. And I don't know, God hasn't showed me. But listen, if you are listening today, you need to start operating under the blessing. And under the blessing, you say, I have the ability to produce. Can I hear a good amen today? Under the curse, you are lacking. Under the curse, it says your body is not fruitful. But under the blessing, if you are to have and to produce, it means your body is healthy. So this tells me under the blessing, people are healed. Come on, somebody. Do you know when the children of Israel walked out of Egypt after being there hundreds of years? Do you know what the Bible says? Not only did they come out with gold, they came out with gold, but the Bible says, oh, I love this, not one of them was feeble. 
Not one of them that had a cane was walking with the cane. All of them were healed. All of them were made whole. And all of them had money. Come on, somebody. Because here's the reality. What good is it if you have money, but you don't have your health? Because you can't buy your health, right? But what if you had both? What if you had your health and you had the ability to have money and be blessed and bless other people? Can I hear a good amen today? And so I just want to tell you, when the curse, when you have this thought, we can't have kids, Pastor Phil. That is the curse coming to your life. Don't accept it. Say, I am blessed and we are able to be fruitful and multiply. Can I hear a good amen today? But this also means your kids that you have now, that they're going to be blessed through you. But in order for your children to walk in the blessing, you have to walk in it. You have to walk in it. Man, God wants your kids to be blessed. My church family, why are we teaching this? We just came off of a family series. This is a generational thing. For your kids to be blessed, to walk into the blessing of God. The word fruit also means in your actions. Fruit is the outcome of your of a seed and deeds are seeds. And you know what? God wants your life to be very, very fruitful. John chapter 15, verse 8 says this. By this, my father, happy Father's Day. My father is glorified when you bear little fruit. What does it say? Much fruit. Do you know that word much fruit means, here it is, here's the word again, abundance. So I, I talk to people I'm like, well, I, I don't want to be too much. I don't want to do, well, the Bible says that when we're his disciples, when your life is bearing fruit, God gets the glory. Again, it's the purpose of this, that he be magnified through you. Oh, you're going to enjoy it. Oh, you're going to love it. I found that it's so much better to be blessed than cursed. I've lived under the curse, and it's horrible. Sickness is under the curse. Poverty is under the curse. We have to recognize it because the curse is going to come to you because it wants to overtake you. But you've got to make a stand. Come on, somebody. You have to take your authority that God has given you. You need to know who you are. We are not just a product of the state. We are not just a product of the government. Come on, somebody. I am a product of my heavenly father who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. So when the curse comes, now he may get the curse may get to some people who don't know who they are. But you know what? When you come to me, I know who I am. I am blessed. And watch me because I'm going to irritate you, Satan. I'm going to actually bless other people and we're going to make a difference in our community because we're blessed. Come on, say it one more time. Say, I'm blessed. Come on, say it louder. Say, I'm blessed. Amen. Amen. And here's the last one for today. You glad you came to church on this Father's Day? We need to hear this today. Here's number six, the power of the blessing. Here's another P. It gives divine protection. Protection. Deuteronomy 28, verse 7. The Lord shall cause thine enemies to rise up against thee and be smitten before thy face. They shall come in one way, but they're going to leave seven ways. In other words, they're going to come in with a strategy, and they're all going to be in unity. But once they come to you, the Lord is going to deal with them, and they're going to be so confused and scatterbrained that they're just going to leave. In seven ways. My church family, listen, you don't have to worry about your enemies. God takes care of them. If there's one thing that you have to focus on is focusing on receiving and walking in the blessing. Receiving and thanking God and walking in the breast in the blessing. Because God takes care of my enemies, I am not afraid.
afraid because God takes care of my enemies. I am not afraid. The Bible says his angels encamp around me. When I am on the freeway, man, I have angels. When I go to sleep at night, I have angels. Don't mess with me. I got a couple cameras too in my house. I'll just let you know that, right? But I got angels that are better than my cameras. Come on, somebody. Are you ready? And when my son is not around me, and even if he are, there's angels that encamp around him. I'm not afraid. Why? Because God takes care of my enemies. Can I tell you one more thing? And when we talk about the enemy, we don't talk about him a lot at this church, but we need to just say it and irritate him even more. The enemy is defeated. I am not trying to defeat the enemy. I'm not trying to do what Jesus already did. I'm not like a dog chasing its own tail going, what am I doing? What am I doing? The enemy is defeated. He is a defeated foe. God has already defeated him. And I am blessed. And I'm just going to enforce the victory that God has already given him. Can I hear? a good amen today and I want to close with this and then we're going to pray I didn't read a lot about the curse because I just I wanted to focus and I only have so much time but I want today to make you a little bit angry and a little bit indignant to stand against the curse because when I read about the curse under this protection and remember the curse is everything is opposite under the blessing the fruit of your body is healthy But under the curse, listen to me, everybody look at me, under the curse, it says this, it wants to overwhelm you and disease sticks to you. That's one of the translations says, the disease never leaves you. And there are some of you right now, you are sick in your body. Can I just tell you, there has been a diagnosis, number one, don't accept it. You don't accept it. You don't say, okay. That's the curse trying to come to your life. And I want you to be able to stand up and realize, listen, you are not cursed. There is sickness in this world, all over the world. But I tell people all the time, listen, you are not a sick person trying to get healed. You are a healed person standing against sickness. Come on, somebody, right? And the sickness may come, but I am healed. I am blessed. That All that stuff, you need to know, here comes the curse. But you know what? Here comes the blessed. Here comes the curse. Here comes the blessed. Here comes the curse. Yeah. And I get mad. When I get sick, I get mad because I'm like, the devil, you're trying to mess with me. You're trying to mess with my life. I know. But then I get a little bit happy because he doesn't mess with people who doesn't do anything. I understand. I understand his strategy. I get it. And that's why I went, I've had people, oh, Pastor Phil started coming to church. Things got worse. I know. Because before you were walking with the devil, running with the devil, right? That's what Van Halen says, running with the devil. Now you're running with Jesus. And you think the devil is going to go, oh, No, he's going to come get you. But you know what? He's cursed, and we're going to send him back to hell where he goes because he is defeated. And my church family, you are blessed, and sickness has no legal right to stay in your body. you got to stand up. Well, you don't understand, Pastor Phil. You know, when I went to the doctor, they asked me what my history is. What is your history? You know, what is your mom? Does your dad have heart problems? Does your mom? No, you know what? I have a new lineage now. I am new in Christ because what? What does the Bible says? Everything, behold, all things have become new. When I go to the doctor, like, well, you know, hey, uh, did your dad have heart problems? I'm like, I didn't know my dad. I'm sorry, I never, I never met him, so I can't tell you. But what I can tell you is, I am blessed. Can I hear a good amen today? And you and I have 
have a new spiritual lineage, and that is you are blessed to be a blessing. That is the promise. Would you stand today? And come on, let's give the Lord a good round of applause. I'm going to jump off this stage if I don't quit. Would you close your eyes for just a moment? Thank you, Jesus. Let's close your eyes for just a moment. Let's have a couple more minutes. So thankful, so grateful for the blessing. Come on, if you're grateful for God's blessing, would you just lift up your hand as a blessed person? Just thank God. Say, I'm blessed. My children are blessed. My womb is blessed. If you're believing for more kids, I am blessed. Come on, you, you, tell, you, you speak to that sickness. You say, sickness, you have to go. You are under the curse. You cannot stay. My body is blessed. My mind is blessed. I come against, in the name of Jesus, PSD, PTSD. Right now, in the name of Jesus, Father, heal people. If that's you and you have PTSD right now, the Lord is, is, is moving. He's removing that. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, PTSD needs to go. Don't let it stay. Don't accept it. I don't accept it. It's part of the curse. Well, you know, it's just because, you know, it just happens sometimes. I don't want some of the curse sometimes. I don't want it. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. Thank you. In the name of Jesus, thank you that we are blessed, Father God. Thank you that our children are blessed. And I just want to pray if there's someone that your, your children have exited the home and, and they're not living for God, that you remind yourself that they are blessed. And that they will have a coming to their senses moment and they will be back home in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your blessing. Your people are blessed. We are blessed in the city. We are blessed in the field. We thank you that our storehouses are blessed. Father, we don't care what the news is saying. We believe in you and your word. We hear, we observe, we look, we have vision today for what you're going to do in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we thank you. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I'd like to give everybody an opportunity. We never close a, a service without giving you this opportunity to know this amazing God, to become a seed of Abraham, to become a child of God. This promise, this blessing can come to your house. All you do is receive it, and you receive it by faith today. Jesus died on the cross to become a curse so you don't have to live in the curse. You can live in the blessing. He was rejected by God so you could be accepted by God. And so today, he wants to come inside your heart, forgive you of all your sins. And if you would like to become a child of God today, know that when you die, that heaven will be your home. And that today, you can live the blessed life that God has for you. Would you repeat after me and pray? Let's pray, my church family. Let's say this. Say, Father God, forgive me of all of my sins. Thank you for sending Jesus. I receive him as my Lord and as my Savior. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to live for you. Today, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. All the old things have passed away. And today, I am new in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.